hello, everybody. Welcome to the Men's Mental Health Podcast. Hey, man, it's okay. I'm one of your hosts on our journey today. My name is Sky. Hey, guys. My name is Ryan Heapy, and I'm a licensed therapist at Newport Beach, California. We're so lucky to have you guys listening today. We got a pretty special podcast coming up for you. Yeah, I'm pretty stoked. We're getting into November, and there's some really important things that we are going to get into. But before we do, Ryan, we took a break last week. Why don't you tell us what you were up to? I was in Hawaii for a wedding. It was beautiful. I wasn't there for very long, but it was just the perfect break that I needed. Yeah. How about oh, that sounds awesome. How was the weather? It was hot. It was hot and humid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it could have been a little cooler. That would have been nicer. Yeah. You know, it's funny. It was, it was a good wedding weekend because I was actually in Arizona performing the ceremony for a wedding of one of my best friends. And it was very hot, but it was dry, not humid. I think things went really well. You know, I made them both cry. So I think that's positive there. Great. Mission accomplished. Yeah. Yes, hopefully. But yeah, let's get into the episode today. We are very excited. I don't know if you guys have heard about the organization Movember, but I've been doing some research on them for several years now. Their mission has become more than what it started, but I'm not an expert. So we invited a local expert. We have Max Skinner from the organization Movember. He is the community development manager. Welcome to the podcast, Max. Hey, fellas. Thanks for having me. Excited to talk all things mental health and and men's health in general. So I appreciate you guys having me for this opportunity. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I thought it was going to be important to drum up support for you guys as early as possible. Get this out there. Get the word out as much as possible. Hopefully help you guys raise money for what you do. I've heard of Movember for years. And maybe, Max, you can give us a little history. But I actually don't really know what it is. I know it has to do with a mustache in November, but I think that's where a lot of my knowledge stops. And I know a lot of people who get a really cool mustache going for Movember. Yeah, well, listen, I'm, I'm happy to, to clear things up. A lot of people don't necessarily know what Movember is all about. Some people think it's just kind of a, a social media hashtag for the month of November. Obviously, the mustache is our icon. That's kind of our, our walking billboard. That's what people know us for. But it goes way deeper than that. We have such an amazing community of fundraisers and donors and advocates and researchers and doctors that are all part of community-based change. And at its core, that's really what Movember is all about. So happy to clear things up and happy to dive into the weeds for you guys. Cool. Cool. Would you give us maybe like a little history of how it all began? And yeah, it really caught on, I feel like years ago. Totally. Yeah. So we're actually celebrating our 20-year anniversary this year, which is- Wow. That's longer than I knew it was around. I know. Most people are in the same boat. So, you know, it started off back in 2003 out of Melbourne, Australia. A couple guys, our founders, the Garoni brothers, were just having a beer at a local bar in Melbourne. They were talking about bringing a little more awareness to men's health issues. They saw you know, all the amazing support and resources pouring in for Breast Cancer Awareness Month in, in October. I believe one of their friend's mothers was battling breast cancer at the time. They had a friend that was also battling prostate cancer at the time, and they felt like not enough attention was going towards prostate cancer and men's health in general. So it kind of started over a beer and has evolved into a network of over 6 million fundraisers. And we've raised over a billion dollars for men's health projects and cancer research programs over the last two decades. So really exciting to see how it's evolved. And there's a lot more work to be done. Now, from my understanding, you guys have evolved beyond just prostate cancer, correct? That's correct. Yeah. So it started off really focused on prostate cancer and then shortly after testicular cancer, Prostate cancer is number one most common cancer among older gentlemen. In fact, 
one in eight men will be diagnosed with prostate cancer at some point in their lives, which is unfortunate, but it's important to know these statistics so that, you know, we're proactive and we seek out help and talk to our doctors to know when we're like genetically predisposed to prostate cancer, right? And then testicular cancer, that's the most common cancer among younger men, a much more preventable disease if you catch it early enough. You feel something wrong, go get checked out. It's it's that simple. But then most recently, to answer your question, Sky, about five years ago, we introduced mental health and suicide prevention as one of our key focus areas. Obviously, given you know the pandemic and the whole social isolation piece, unfortunately, the suicide rate among men continues to increase. In fact, three out of four suicides are made by men for whatever reason. More men are taking their own lives, even though more men are going to therapy more than ever before. And for whatever reason, that suicide rate continues to climb as well in correlation with that therapy line. So something's not working. That's why Movember exists and we have a lot more work to be done. What are some of the big fundraisers or or what are some of the big companies, I guess, that you guys, it sounds like you guys work with other companies and I imagine maybe fund research or fund projects, all sorts of things. We have a huge peer-to-peer fundraising campaign in the month of November every year. That's where people you know, are encouraged to grow out their mustaches, to have those conversations, to raise awareness to fundraise. That's about where 90% of our fundraising takes place during just during that month-long period, which is we're hyper-focused on that. That's our bread and butter, right? But we are trying to kind of expand our arm beyond just the month of November, try to make it a little more year-round. There's obviously plenty of awareness months and, and awareness days sprinkled throughout the year, whether it's testicular cancer awareness month in April, mental health awareness month in May, suicide prevention month in September, you name it. So we're really trying to get more involved, you know, kind of across the board. But that peer-to-peer fundraising campaign is our, that's our bread and butter, man. We raise about $18 million in the U.S. alone through that campaign, about $60 million as an organization worldwide. So it's, it's amazing how our community comes together just during that 30-day stretch. But, you know, we have a couple flagship events in the U.S. There's one called Mustachio Bashio in New York that raises close to $100,000 every year. It's, a, it's just a big old party and a good time. But there's a ton of different ways that folks can get involved beyond just fundraising and growing out their mustache. We have a ton of different levels of support that I'm, I'm happy to get into. But yeah, from a high level, that's, that's what we're all about. Would you get into some of those? Yeah. Different yeah. ways that people can help out? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So again, the mustache is kind of our walking billboard, right? Like we want people to think of the mustache like they do the pink ribbon for breast cancer awareness, right? Like we always say there's no mustache too small or too insignificant to, to start a conversation. You'd be surprised how many crappy mustaches we see every year. Those are sometimes the best conversation starters. Not Scott, you've got a good one going, man. So we have a couple initiatives. One's called uh, Move for Movember, and that just encourages folks to, to get more active, to exercise more. Obviously, there's a direct correlation between working out and your own mental health. So we, we have a whole initiative. It's called Move for Movember, where we encourage our fundraisers to commit to walking or running 60 miles during the month of November for the 60 men that we lose to suicide every hour around the world. So listen, we've been on this call for 21 minutes. That means we've lost 21 men to suicide since we've been on this call, which is alarming and sobering, but it's important to know these things again, so that we have these conversations open up, be vulnerable so that we can prevent that number and, and make it go down. Yeah. You know, Sky and I both have very close experiences with people, you know, who have attempted and completed. But the exercise piece that you're talking about really is 
an important role in people's mental health. I believe exercise is still kind of one of the greatest things you can do for your mental health. And just getting up and moving. I was listening to, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with like Andrew Huberman, but he's this uh, neuroscientist from from Stanford. And they were, he, he had on a, a woman who was talking about kind of like emotional intelligence and her number one, well, their number one agreed thing was sleep is the best thing you can do. And number two is exercise. And number three is eat healthy. So even before the therapist and any of that. It, it seems simple, but people take it for granted. I think at least for me, running is my biggest form of therapy, like just running by the ocean. I'm, I'm, I'm also in California, Ryan. So I, you know, I've got the luxury of taking a stroll by the ocean and to me, like the water and just running is therapeutic. And I always encourage folks to like find your own therapy, like whether it's meditation or playing with your dog or going for a run, you'd be amazed how, how many different forms of, of meditation and therapy there are. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What are some things that maybe you do for your mental health? Is there, I know you were just telling us about running. Yeah, totally. I, I've kind of explored every preventative meditative option under the sun, whether it's traditional therapy uh, or meditation. I actually, when I moved out to LA a couple of years ago, one of my buddies who's like a big yogi, he, he dragged me to this uh, like group meditation class. And it was actually, believe it or not, a sanctioned psilocybin meditation class. So they gave... Everyone at the beginning of the class, you know, a small dose of psilocybin and they take you through like an hour long guided meditation with sound bowls and then another hour of like intense uh, breath work through your mouth. And they're like encouraging everyone to go back to their most traumatic experience in life. And people around me are screaming, they're weeping and they're just they're screaming at you to stay on your mat, stay focused on your mat. And they're encouraging you to you know shed layers of stress and anxiety that you've built up over the years and to get back to kind of your baby-like state when you were born. And I, I swear, man, I, it felt like I shed so many different layers of trauma and stress that I built up over the years. And so for me, that was an amazing experience. Yeah, how cool. You know, Breathworks is, is so cathartic. And, it, you know, I'm not exactly sure kind of the, the mechanism of action and kind of how it works and how it brings up all of those emotions. But boy, it really, uh, it really does something you know, sort of magical in a lot of ways. And then I imagine add psilocybin to the mix and you really got a, probably a, a big experience. Yeah. A revelatory maybe experience. Yeah. yeah. To say the least. I mean, it was like out of body experience and couldn't tell if that was the psilocybin or the breathing or a combination. And I, I think a lot of the time, you know, the government shut down psilocybin research for 35, 40 years. So we don't know the really the long-term positive effects it has on depression and anxiety. And for me, I think it's, it's used very recreationally in, in social settings these days, but in this setting, it just felt, it felt perfect. And it, it felt like medicine in a way. Yeah. Yeah. It is the plant medicine, right? And that is kind of a very therapeutic way to go about it. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. 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 Just, Ryan and I actually had a conversation about, about the benefits of the psychedelic medicine, because, you know, there's so much research coming out about it. And actually, if it wasn't for different psychedelic research, Ryan and I may have never met. So we're big supporters of the mental health aspect research of all that going on. That's pretty awesome that you were able to do that and have these amazing breakthroughs. So was working on your mental health something you did prior to being involved with Movember or just something that you've kind of gotten into as you've been able to work with this organization? A little bit of both. I've certainly become more aware of different resources and tools that we have at our fingertips that we're always promoting to our community. 
but I've only been at the organization for a year. I've been in the nonprofit space for about five years now, having run my own my own startup in the mental health space oh, wow. for the past four years. So our whole thing was to try to get younger people more more active and more involved and more in, in tune with their their mental health. Right. My first exposure to mental health was in a negative way. Unfortunately, about nine years ago, I lost my mother to suicide and. Needless to say, like any 21-year-old kid fresh out of school, that just completely flipped my world upside down, right? And as an only child, I was kind of left to pick up the pieces. But more so than anything, it obviously forced me to, to grow up quickly and kind of lit a fire under my ass to do something with purpose and something meaningful. But needless to say, I, I struggled with my own mental health for years after she passed, kind of turning to alcohol, to drugs, all the negative habitual patterns that one does when they lose a parent, Right. And it wasn't until I discovered traditional therapy, obviously support for my friends and family, and then kind of my first exposure to the nonprofit world. I got involved with this, this organization in Boston when I was living there at the time called Samaritans, and they do incredible work for suicide prevention in the New England area. And I ended up running their annual 5K. And when you cross that finish line, man, and you're surrounded by families and other people who have been through something similar that you have... It, it brought me to tears. It was an inc incredibly emotional event. And I was filled with, with purpose again. And it felt like what I was supposed to be doing with my life. And so that was my first exposure almost, let's see, eight years ago now. And then fast forward eight years and I'm at November, you know, working on mental health, giving back in that capacity. So it's, it's amazing how life comes full circle. And you know, I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. Obviously, I miss my mother immensely. Yeah, yeah. They brought me here. And so if there's any serendipity or silver line. I think the community of support that are around suicide survivors is so important. It's actually one of my things that helped save me was finding a community of support. Yep. And so interesting to hear how different people's stories are, but kind of how those of us who have decided to take that darkness and turn it into light have all kind of joined up on the same path. I feel like I keep meeting so many people who are kind of on this crazy, like bettering yourself journey. That I'm so proud to be part of and so proud to be involved with. And it's so cool that you have that experience that you can talk about that and share that all while working for Movember. I think that's, I think it's so neat. Thanks, Guy. And you nailed it, man. It's like everyone, we're all dealt different cards and we all have challenges along the way. And all we can really do in those dark spots is to try to turn those negative experiences into something positive. That's really all I could do. I, I could either, you know, sit in my pity potty, feel bad for myself, or step up and do something and, and help other people uh, so that they wouldn't have to experience what I did. And so it's easier said than done, but I, I chose the latter. And it feels like there's this narrative shift among men, especially in the last five years, where we're talking more about these feelings and we're being more vulnerable and we're kind of turning the page and letting our masculinity down a bit. It's encouraging to see and it's awesome seeing podcasts like this pop up and having these important conversations. So it, it really goes a long way. I think it's so important to you know, spread the message and encourage people to talk. So anything we can do to raise awareness, I know that's something that we're very interested in. You know, I really believe that the best way to kind of get through some of our most traumatic events is is to be able to, at some point, write a new narrative around it. I have a mentor who wrote a book, When Grief is Good, Turning Your Greatest Loss into Your Biggest Lesson. And I just think that, it, you know, I, I have a handful of traumas as well. And it's it's not until you kind of turn a corner and are able to say, yes, that was hell, but 
you know, I was able to find resilience, find purpose, and be able to turn that tragedy into something worth living for. Totally. Well said. No, it's, that's what it's all about. And that's what, that's what Movember's all about, man. Like, we're about community-based change at its core. And to, to Sky's point earlier, like that's, I think people really, they, they get around that. and They love the community, the community-based change aspect of, of what we do here and makes them feel like they're part of a family. So it, it goes a long way. When you talk about community-based change, like what, what do you mean by that? We partner with some amazing health institutions, cancer research programs around the country. So that basically Movember is a middleman, a fundraising middleman. Of the funds that we raise, about 78% of that gets donated to our health partners. So our programming team does an incredible job of vetting the right community health partners. So when I, when I talk about community-based change, like folks that raise money for us, they can go to sleep at night knowing that money is going to the right place. And we're very transparent about exactly where that money is going, the different programs and projects that we fund and support. And it's always, you know, it's always evolving, always finding new partners, Prostate Cancer Institute, the True North program. We have a mental health program called Making Connections in about four sites across the U.S. where we're focused on like underserved, low-income communities that might not necessarily have access to some of these mental health tools. So we're, we're all about lowering that barrier to entry and, and getting these tools and resources in the right hands. Yeah, we need a lot more of those community-based health initiatives in those underserved. It's Well, I was going to say it's really hard for people in you know lower-income neighborhoods to find good mental health services. Therapy is is not cheap and not everybody has access to decent insurance. And you know it's oftentimes that those communities need the mental health help the most. Absolutely. We, we actually have one tool that I'd love to promote. It's called Movember Conversations. And it's basically a dialogue kickstarting tool for people that don't know where to start when, when they're having those difficult conversations with a loved one or a friend who might be going through something difficult or suicidal ideation or a mental health crisis or some sort of challenge, right? And they don't necessarily know where to start to have that open dialogue and, and to kickstart that conversation. So Movember Conversations, if you go to movember.com slash conversations, it's such a cool tool to help you start that conversation, as simple as it sounds. It's easier said than done. But when, when you start typing or once you start talking to your friends, you know, you could go blank and you might not know the right things to say. So this tool is a great way to put those, those the right messaging points in your hands, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. That's so awesome. I'm taking a look at it now. It, yeah, it is. You know, it's really hard for men to open up and be vulnerable. And we're taught, right, that we should kind of suppress a lot of these emotions. And oftentimes we feel like we're going to be a burden if we fill people in. So if you can get somebody that's open to looking into something that you already have laid out, what a great tool that is. For sure, man. And I don't know what it is. And, and Ryan, you might not, you might be able to speak to it on a clinical sense, but uh, I feel like men, we were almost like socially wired with this like masculine guard up, right? Where we, we don't feel comfortable talking about our emotions or being vulnerable or seeking help or even going to the doctor for God's sakes. Like, I don't know what it is, but we have this massive guard up and I'd like to think that narrative is starting to shift, but could be wrong. 
Yeah, it's difficult. You know, I, I think we are often uh, kind of told that we're supposed to be the rock, the foundation, you know, whether that's for family or whether that's for friends, you know, the protector. And so if you, you know, inhabit any of those roles, being vulnerable kind of seems contradictory to a lot of that, right? And then, you know, you have to be able to find somebody who maybe won't judge you for, you know, some of those emotions. Maybe they don't know how to handle kind of some of what you're saying. So it's tricky. It's really tricky. You know, and I, and I think a lot of men are hesitant maybe to, to share maybe with their partners and then maybe they'll look weak, you know, to other men. So, you know, it can often kind of put us in a bind, which, you know, is my, my major bias towards why I think everybody should see a therapist because you have somebody who's just going to listen and hopefully give you some either wonderful advice or at least just an objective, maybe different perspective of looking at things and, and giving out help. Yeah, that's pretty great. So Max, earlier you mentioned that you had your own nonprofit, which kind of led you to Movember. Can you tell us about that, what that journey looked like and you know why you initially got into it and what led you to here with us? Yeah, so I can't paint myself. I know that's a big question. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I can't paint myself as a total saint. It, it was actually a for-profit company for what it's worth, but it was in the nonprofit space. So this is around, let's see, 2018. I started off my career in sports marketing and sponsorship. I was living in Boston at the time where my wife is from, working with the Red Sox and with DraftKings for a bit, and kind of woke up one day and just felt like that wasn't what I was supposed to be doing in my life. I mentioned this earlier. I wanted to work on something a little more purpose-driven, right? A little quarter-life crisis, if you will. And I got this idea after running that Samaritan's 5K that I mentioned, because again, I was looking around and there were so many young people that were obviously affected by suicide prevention, but were brought to tears and emotions and were engaged. And I, I wanted other people our age to experience that same sense of purpose and fulfillment. But kind of the more I saw, or the more I looked, it seemed like there was a disconnect between traditional ar archaic nonprofits and, you know, a modern generation. So I, I kind of wanted to try to fill that gap, started my own company called Thropic, and we, we started off as more like a consulting event marketing type company, try to help small to grassroots nonprofits around New England, connect with younger people at events, right? Helping them with like in-person events. And then COVID hit, couldn't do in-person events for a while. So I had to totally shift our model to make it more of a crowdfunding platform. We ended up kind of diving into the blockchain web three space, try to utilize some of those decentralized tools. And I got kind of tired of how greedy the web three space was you know, ended up moving out to LA and this opportunity at Movember opened up and it just, it felt like serendipity. So I've been, I've been here for about a year now. I'm, I'm on the fundraising team, but we wear many different hats. You know, I'm also trying to bring in some I'm doing the podcast, podcast, sports, I'm doing podcast. Yeah. So that's kind of how I got here. I feel like I always see a lot of sports teams kind of promoting Movember or maybe that's, you know, one of the biggest outlets, I think, for uh, Movember marketing or. Um, yeah, yeah, no, totally. I mean, so we have um, our Australia team does an awesome job with sports partnerships because the, the brand recognition over in Australia is a little bit better than it is in the States. Believe it or not, it's some, sometimes a tough sell to some of these sports teams that already have like their own community foundations in-house. But needless to say, you know, the Australia market has a partnership with the Australian Football League where they have this, this program called Ahead of the Game, where it's basically a mental health literacy program that they teach volunteers and staff members, coaches and players on 
how to deal with certain, you know, mental health crisis points or grief support services, stuff like that. Wow, that's really cool. That's yeah. a program we're like trying to bring over to the States slowly but surely, but I'm, I'm kind of spearheading our, our sports partnership portfolio and trying to get our foot in the door at some of these states. No easy task. Yeah. They're always looking for, mm, yeah. for dollars. What do you think about the mental health space and sports and athletes? Is that something that I know that, you know, there's a lot of team psychologists, but I also, you know, I've talked to some athletes over the years and, and feel like some of them are still don't maybe, I don't know, don't access the resources as much or, or maybe are hesitant to talk to the sports psychologists. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I've found through a lot of preliminary conversations with these teams and having just known athletes in general my whole life, I, a lot of these teams and even at the league level, they have mental health, they've invested in mental health initiatives, but it's all very high level talking points. And it, to me, it feels like lip service a lot of the time, right? Where they, they write a check, they say, Hey, we're supporting mental health, but it kind of stops there. And program like ahead of the game that I mentioned is hands-on in the weeds. You're teaching people mental health resources. So that's something that we're trying to bring again to sports teams in the US to kind of get their hands a little dirty, dirtier. Go to like the NBA's website, for example, they've invested a ton of money into mental health, but a lot of the messaging points on their mental health website are just high-level talking points like have a conversation, go to a therapist, and it and it ends there. So I Personally, I'd like to see athletes and teams just get their hands a little dirtier. And a lot of the time that starts with the athlete. I mean, luckily over the last five years, again, I think that narrative shift has shifted and I've seen a lot more athletes come out openly about their mental health struggles. Kevin Love is a great example, former yeah. NBA mm-hmm. player. He started his, his own mental health organization. So it's becoming a little more prevalent to talk about. It's less of a taboo topic and less negative connotations and stigma. But there's, again, as you know, there's a lot more, a lot more work to be done. Yeah. I was watching that quarterback show. I don't know if you've seen that with Holmes and Cousins and Mariota. Great show, by the way. And really gives you kind of the behind the scenes of what it takes to be great at the highest of levels. And I don't remember who it was. It might've been Cousins or Mariota, but one of them met with their sports psychologist. And I was just disappointed with the conversation that they were having. You know, it just, it was, and maybe it was was just because it was for the cameras, but it just seemed very surface. It didn't really seem like they were actually working on too much and, you know, kind of like checking some boxes and getting them on their way. And I could only, I, I remember Mariota's kind of struggle and, you know, it really did seem almost more mental. And I wonder if he had a therapist during that time and, and maybe he did. And, and maybe the therapist guided his decision and helped him along the way. But it also seemed like he kind of quit a little early. And, and it seemed like that was maybe an emotional reaction. Yeah. It's interesting you say that. There's another quarterback, Russell Wilson, who's the, the Broncos quarterback. <laughs> yes. Living in Seattle, I'm very familiar with Russell Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. A very polarizing figure up Seattle. But it's interesting. I mean, he had he was an incredible quarterback for the Seahawks for years, obviously won a Super Bowl, went to two. He, interestingly enough, he had a mental health coach. It was one of his best friends. After he got traded to Denver two years ago, his mental health coach, I forget his name, but he passed away, unfortunately. People think that because Russell Wilson didn't have a great year. You know, statistically, he was like last. the worst quarterback in the league, I think, last year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so people think mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. it's correlated. Like, you know, his friend passing is related to his play and his mental health struggles. So it's to me like athletes are the perfect poster boys for 
you know, how you could, uh, how mental health affects everyone. Like these people, these guys are, are incredibly rich athletes. You think on paper, they have everything in the world. And a lot of them are, are struggling behind the scenes. And so if they're struggling, any one of us could struggle, you know? So. Well, you, you think about some of the the struggles that they might have being, you know, in your early twenties and, you know, the stress is the stress, you know, has to be through the roof. If you're not playing well, you're getting cut. You know, maybe you're given a huge contract. Now you got to live up to that. You've got women probably throwing themselves at you all over the place, drugs and alcohol, family members wanting your money. I mean, it just, the, the list probably goes on and on of people pulling at you in all sorts of different directions. And you really have to be grounded, centered, you know, and that, that takes a lot of work in, in that kind of situation. No doubt. Well said. So Max, is there anything we can do you know, here on the podcast, maybe uh, outside of taking a razor to just this part? Yeah. Listen, I mean, you guys are already doing it. You're on the front lines talking about men's mental health. Like to us, that's everything, right? Obviously, you know, putting my greedy fundraising hat on, like would love to see you guys start a team. I know you started a team page, Sky. Would, would love to see your community, you know, get involved and, and, and support that way. Even if it's just raising awareness or growing a mustache to have these kinds of conversations and you don't donate a dollar, like we, we love that more than anything. There's there's more ways to get involved with Movember beyond just financially fundraising. Um, I mentioned the Move for Movember initiative. We have a, a Mow Your Own Way uh, initiative as well that is basically carte blanche to give anyone, you know, anything or anything they see fit to raise awareness for men's health. For example, you, you guys will find this funny. We had a, a guy, a community member who holds the Guinness Book of World Records for most times skydiving naked in support of Movember. So he went... 64 <laughs> times in one day and all he had was a Movember flag and you can picture the rest, but all in one day, all in one day. So he holds, wow. he holds the world record for that. And my, my point is I always like using that example because our community gets so uh, outside the box and unique with the ways they support us. And it, it goes beyond just fundraising, man. Like this is, this is a very unique and engaged community. So you know, however your community wants to get involved, whether it's joining your team, fundraising, going to movember.com slash conversations, checking out those tools and mental health resources. We love and appreciate any support you all can give. Yeah, we'll put all those links onto our website, including how to sign up for the Hey Man, It's Okay team. Perfect. Yes, I love it. You know, you guys have to be probably the maybe biggest promoter of men's mental health, maybe in the world, you know, men's, just men's health. Period, right. And, you know, it's like you said, there's, you know, we all are very familiar with the, the pink ribbon and, you know, now there's all sorts of different color ribbons, but I really can't think of, you know, an organization that has done more for men's health in general and just, you know, finding awareness around it. So, you know, really kudos to Movember. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah, it's, it's an amazing organization to be a part of. As I mentioned, been around 20 years, raised over a billion dollars and funded over 1300 men's health projects and programs. And the work, you know, the work speaks for, for itself. And uh, we honestly couldn't do it without without our community and our, our fundraisers like they're they're the, the engine that keeps this thing well oiled. So shout out to everyone else, honestly. Wow. And it all started with two guys in Australia Drinking beer. Just <laughs> there you go. There you go. Just like this podcast, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Earlier, you mentioned a couple of the um, companies that you guys benefit when they you the people raise money for you guys. Can you tell me what are some of your favorite projects that you guys are funding right now? 
you know, just personally what, what yours are? Yeah. I, so I, I mentioned making connections, which again is, it's a program focused on, you know, underserved low-income communities. I believe we have sites in San Diego, Hawaii, Oklahoma, and I forget the last city, but we're, we're expanding that program. And so that for me, you know, given my mental health background, I think that's probably one of my favorite programs that we support. We have a prostate cancer program called True North, where uh, it funds uh, some of the most amazing prostate cancer research and, and scientists around the world coming together, uh, obviously in support of, of prostate cancer research. So that's a, that's a huge one as well. Our programs are always evolving. Uh, we're kind of, they're kind of in limbo right now after this campaign. We're kind of going through a new cycle of, of programs. So we're always looking to support new new initiatives. And but to answer your question, Sky, I think making connections is, is probably my favorite one. And I'll, I'm happy to send you some more info on that. Yeah, that'd be great. Anything that we can put up on our website for you guys to help promote this, to help you know get the word out there, we definitely want to help support that. Amazing. We appreciate it. Seriously. Yeah. Well, cool. I mean, that's that's so much info about it. Is there anything else that we need to know before we get into November and before we go to raise awareness for you guys and for men altogether? I think we, we covered most of our bases, you know, just start sharpening those those razor blades and, and scissors. And we're about a week out from November. So go to, you know, Movember.com. If you've never signed up before, please register. Even if you don't plan on fundraising, sign up and you'll be, you know, in you'll be funneled into our, our communications funnel and you'll receive more information about all of our causes, the programs that we fund, where the money's going, all that good stuff. So really encourage everyone to go to Movember.com. There's a ton of great mental health resources there. I mentioned Movember Conversations as a great, you know, low hanging tool as well. You know, all in all, if you're listening to this, just keep spreading the good word, have those conversations with your friends, check in on them, see how they're doing. You'll be amazed at how much impact you can make along the way. Awesome. And all your social media is at Movember. Yes. Easy to find us. Yep. Perfect. Well, yeah. I mean, I think I think that's all the information that we need to cover for today. You know, I just want to thank you so much for joining us today and talking about Movember, talking about your projects and telling us a little bit about yourself as well. Absolutely. No, happy to and really appreciate the time. And again, really appreciate the opportunity. And thanks for everything that you guys are doing for, for men's mental health. Seriously, it means a lot to us. Thank awesome. you so much. We really appreciate awesome. it. I think that's it for us today here at Hey Man, It's Okay. Spread the word about us too. You know, we're trying to end the stigma of men talking about their mental health. Check out our website, heymanitsokay.com. Okay is just the letters OK, not O-K-A-Y. And we're on all social media at Hey Man, It's Okay. And the link to our YouTube is now on our website. So make sure to check that out. So thanks for joining us. And until next week, it's okay to not be okay. And I'm Sky saying goodbye.